welcome Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks sponsors, Panini, Tops, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentications. I wanted to have Rocco on because there's more to his story, how he's enjoying the hobby now and how in the last 15 years. He's experiencing the hobby in an interesting way now. I'm going to be fascinated hearing the rest of your story, Rocco. Welcome back and tell us what we missed in the first episode. The, I guess, interesting thing is through the years, I was experiencing problems with uh, my vision where I had diminishing fields of vision went to, my wife said, uh, you don't seem to see, uh, see as well at nighttime sometimes you're tripping on things or whatever. I said, no, I I don't think so. I'm seeing the same. Went to an eye doctor with her insistence and they examined uh, my eyes and said, you have uh, retinitis pigmentosa. Are you seeing less? I I don't notice anything. I guess being in the forest, you don't notice outside of the trees around you. So I didn't notice anything unusual and said, yes, your fields of vision are diminishing, it appears. So I knew that for a few years and said this condition could progress, it could stabilize. Unfortunately, it progressed where in addition to that, I had some macular degeneration. So I was starting to lose some central vision and looking at cards and comic books and everything, I did begin to realize I was struggling to make things out and was starting to use a magnifying glass to decipher statistics on the back of cards and examining them to the point over a a span of one year, approximately 15 years ago, I started to lose vision gradually to the point where I could not see at all. Totally nothing. Couldn't even perceive light. I don't see shadows. like being in a totally dark room, turn off everything and just open your eyes and nothing. There was absolutely nothing. Now, being a collector, no question about it, it was difficult to have to go through, but I I still wanted to collect. My interest was there. I knew what the cards looked like. I knew what the comic books looked like and putting together sets or whatever I needed to do. I still wanted to work on my 1965 top set, my 67 top set and complete them. I had to avail my wife to become part of my collecting endeavor and went on and continued to try to collect. Well, Rocco, this is such a visual hobby. The doctors don't think, I I just spent a lot of eye strain years myself, but are they relating any of this to the fact that you were a passionate card collector and a comic book collector and probably an avid reader and doing all this uh, math stuff? Did that contribute to it or was it unrelated? No, totally unrelated. It's a hereditary condition, actually. Unfortunately, I had the gene for that, and it had absolutely nothing to do with the usage or whatever. It was a genetic condition. So how can you uh, buy cards now? With the assistance of my wife. Actually, when I collected, I never collected graded cards. That was heresy. Why would I buy a card at two, three times the price of the same card ungraded? I can get that card and I'm going to pay three times as much because they put it in the slab and put a number on it. No, I don't think I'd do that. But um, losing my vision, I saw the value in that before I could ascertain, hey, this card is fine. This is a nice looking card. Good, ready to go. But now without seeing, centering, 
I wanted my card centered. What am I going to do now? At least I had a starting point with graded cards. Hey, this is a seven. I know all sevens aren't identical. It doesn't tell you centering, et cetera. So I had to avail my wife. I asked her, can you just eye appeal? What does this look like? I call her the queen of grading and conditioning because she knows nothing about the cards to this day. She can't tell me what year. Oh, this Mickey Mantle card, what year? I don't know. Let me look at the back. And if just looking at the front, she'll say, oh, you know, the one with the flag at the bottom. Oh, the pennant, the 65. She said, oh yeah, it has the flag. Or how about the burlap one? She'll go the one that looks like it's burlap. Oh, 68 tops. She said, oh yeah. You know, the one with the block letters at the bottom with the team name. Oh, 67. Yeah. So that's the way we work. Rocco, there's, I, I know there's text to speech conversion programs where if you went on eBay, you can have what's on the screen read to you. Do you do that? My wife is my text to speech. Before we got on tonight, finished up with the markets and what was going on, I needed her to get me some financial ratios and everything on a couple of companies. So I had her go on Bloomberg and just give me the numbers, what I need, the PEs, the PSs, and et cetera, on this company, on that company, and she'll do that. So it's just a lot quicker. I have a, a Google Assistant. I have Alexa over there. She'll probably light up because I'm saying her name. But now the resources are unbelievable for someone who has visual impediments, even poor eyesight. I'm not speaking of someone just being totally blind, but someone having vision issues with technology today. It's un unbelievable what's available. I can have any paper in the country read to me text to speech. So I have the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times articles read to me and everyone could avail of them of that nowadays. Yeah, but you have five senses or six if you want to count the sixth sense. But I'm just wondering what you feel like your compensation has been of having one, one sense that it was reduced and then eliminated. What compensation do you th think you've made? It sounds like you've got a fabulous teammate in your wife Right. Are there other senses that have been heightened because of the, the loss of sight? Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. As far as uh, hearing, I have to be attuned with that. So my, my wife always is amazed how I can multitask, where I can have CNBC on TV. I can have another radio show going on, Bloomberg, on my Sirius XM radio to get the best of both worlds. And uh, I can do two or three. She says, how do you do that? I said, I refocus my hearing. I can pick things up and I'll go from one thing to the other and then focus on what I really need to know or want. No question about that. It, it does heighten your other senses. Well, what's it doing? You have to focus on those other senses because I don't have to focus on the visual aspect of anything. So a lot of times people don't even realize I have no eyesight because I can focus on their speech and I can look them in the eyes almost. I have this uncanny sense. People will say to me, no, you were looking into my eyes right at me. Uh, you have to be able to see some. I said, no, not at all. I've just acclimated myself to where I can more or less focus in on the person without actually seeing. The other thing that I wanted to get at that's, is that I believe intelligence is not the same as memory. So you're obviously a smart guy, but has your memory been enhanced? Because for some people, their memory is enhanced by reading and, and kind of right. reinforcement. But if you don't have that, 
has your memory had to become sharper? Because like we're clicking off these things about these 60 sets and that's from your memory and you can't reinforce that memory by doing any homework. It has to just be in there. So Very memory yeah. heightened. Yeah. Very astute. That's exactly true. I wish I could read things and it would definitely reinforce it, but it amazes some of the dealers when I'm at a show and they'll go through cards and whatever. And I'll, you know, tell them, oh, that's the one where uh, Mickey Mantle is, oh, the 58 All-Star. I love that card with the background and the stars, full body pose of Mantle. One of my favorite cards, actually, actually a triple printed card. So readily available as far as uh, Mantle cards and still reasonably priced. If anyone wants a Mantle card, take a look at that one. Uh, I feel a uh, gorgeous looking. I could visualize it right now in my mind's eye. So I know what it looks like and et cetera. And sometimes I could even rattle off the numbers like in the 56 set, because that was the year I was born. That's one of my favorite sets. I know you enjoy that set also. I, I know certain card numbers, like uh, the first two cards of the league presidents, number one and two, uh, Hardridge and Giles and uh, 340. The last card in the set is Mickey McDermott, hey, a pirate. Yankees, so, Red Sox. Oh, yeah, Yankees. Yep, you're right. He was with the Yankees then. But your favorite card, number 33, Roberto Clemente, right? Yep. Where he's going back in the action shot. Do you know the billboard behind him with the, the yellow billboard and the lettering? thought it was Brooklyn, but I don't know that it was. Is it? Yeah. It's a stage thing. I don't think you jump with your, he looked like a jump. Right. Just like Louis Aparicio's rookie in that year, scissored legged and yeah, and the action shot. But like number uh, 30, Jackie Robinson, 31, Hank Aaron in the set right after Jackie. That's interesting. And then 33 is Clemente. So certain things like that, are they're not being reinforced. If I could see the checklist again, oh, that would reinforce it. But for some reason, those things are in my head and I could visualize poses and pictures and the way the card looks. So fortunately, in my mind's eye, I don't know if it's true of everyone, maybe that's strengthened somewhat over the years. So that's how I collect. I, I visualize the card and I'll say, oh, okay. If I don't recall or remember, and there's lots of times I'll ask my wife, can you tell me what the pose is on a certain card? And she'll describe it for me. Then I'll have that visual image in my head again and say, ah, yes. I'll sometimes ask her, what number card is that again? That uh, helps quite a bit. I have uh, another theory and it's just an expression because when you're saying things, then I can bounce back to you to affirm you that I can say, hey, I get what you're saying, or I understand what you're saying, or I hear what you're saying. But some people say, I see what you're saying. I think there's been studies that the way you express that is what your predominant sense is. That if you're more of a sensory person, you say, I feel your pain. Or if you're cognitive, it's I understand it. And if you're audio, it's I hear what you're saying. It relates yeah. back to, to just how you're wired. And it sounds like you were very visual. You've had that taken away and you've uh, managed to make uh, compensation in a very visual hobby. I really thought about starting a, a podcast that was audio and not video. I'm realizing you're my perfect listener who is hearing in their mind's eye the sets and the reminiscences of what I'm talking about, especially what Rich and I talk about. Rich oh, absolutely. Love it when you and Rich get together and so go through. So you're positioned to, to just... Doing the show just for me. 
I'm doing this show just for you, Rocco. But do you listen to any of the audio parts for YouTube? Because there's some good stuff over there. I do YouTube. I don't have to necessarily see it. Once again, to me, it's all audio intake. Like I said, I have my TV set on all the time. I'm not seeing the visuals, but I'm hearing the audio of it. At times, I'll ask my wife, like last night, I was watching Turner Classic Movies and Westworld was on, but there are parts when I could have the descriptive turned on, but I feel it interferes with the mood of the movie and the music. I'm very in tune to soundtracks. And I'll sometimes watch or listen to a movie based on a soundtrack. But there was something going on in Westworld. And I asked my wife, can you tell me what? And she told me, ah, okay, that makes sense. So sometimes I lose things, have them filled in in that way. So that's when you're on the receiving end. But I think I was watching something on YouTube and you were part of the chat. Do you do text to speech for your chat? No. Once again, I do my wonderful wife. My seeing eye person. Okay. I'll tell her to, hey, here, just can you throw this in on there? A lot of times I don't want to bother her because she's usually reading. She's a voracious reader. He had a short and sweet comment or question. I just remembered I saw Rocco Rosado. I thought, wow, that's that's cool. What parting advice do you have for collectors? What have you learned that's allowed you to continue to enjoy this great hobby? that you'd want to share with people, regardless of what their vision is. You're an extreme case, but there are got to be people that have difficulties. But whether they do or not, what's your secret for really enjoying this hobby, even without sight? I think that everyone should have some kind of hobby. And card collecting gives us an opportunity to indulge ourselves of something that's happy making, healthy, keeps us uh, vibrant and vital. Keep on collecting. It's never been more exciting than it is now, even though for the most part, I'm a vintage collector. I do indulge myself and buy especially the heritage sets because I could visualize the sets. Just go out there, collect what you like, have fun with it. First and foremost, have fun. I'm a living example of someone that you would say obviously can no longer collect. Not the case. It's something you can do for a lifetime. It's never too early to start. Have my grandsons in on the collecting and whether they carry through, like I'm a passionate collector. My son could be less interested in collecting. He did when he was a kid, but I still have his collection. He said, you keep it. I was like, really, Nick, some of these are worth money now. And he said, okay, write me a check. Thanks, Rocco. Thanks for sharing your story. I hope it's uh, been inspiring to others as it has been to me.